Usually we play a video announcement, but I'm going to make the video announcements today real quick, and then we're going to jump into the Word, and I'm not going to preach long. I'm only going to preach three hours. Is it okay, everybody? I'm kidding. All right, the first thing is this. This coming up next week, um, guess what, everybody? It's time to vote. we got to vote. And so for a while, I was like, uh, I just preached the kingdom. No, no, we got to preach that God needs to be God of our politics, too. And so on the back, we have these 2022 guides. They don't tell you who to vote for, but it shows you the platforms of the people that are running in our area. And so you can grab that on your way out to let you be informed, because I think that's half the battle is that we are informed. Amen. Also, we are teaming up with Ruth Haven again. Amanda, raise your hand. Uh, she's going to be in the back. And so uh, this is our, I believe, our third or fourth year. Our fourth year where we are going to offer uh, Ruth Haven. It's a, a home for ladies that are coming out of drug addiction and, and lots of things. And uh, we always provide their Thanksgiving meal. So if you'd like to be part of that, uh, there's going to be a sign-up sheet out there in the foyer. And so that's for Ruth Haven. Amanda's going to be out there. You can ask her all the questions that you want. But come on, church, let's do another year of blessing Ruth Haven with a great Thanksgiving. Amen? Y'all know that Thanksgiving's in two weeks, right? All right, and the final thing, Haley Pettit, can you wave your hand? Haley is one of a, a teenagers who goes to Christian Academy of Madison, and uh, she is here today. And, you know, we just got up here. Lisa Perry talked about how Roe versus Wade uh, reversed everything. But now we have another issue. It's called foster care. How many of y'all know it's one thing to stop abortion, but now we've got to come on the other side and help with those kids that are being born? And so she is going to be doing a Christmas drive and she's going to ask our church to be involved. We're teaming up with several other churches, and it's basically donating some unused socks, underwear, winter hats, winter gloves, slipper, or Christmas pajamas for children in foster care. All sizes are appreciated, and the donations will be going through December 2nd. It's a Christmas drive that she is putting on as a project at her school, and she's going to help in this foster care situation. Madison Assembly God, can we help her? So at the end of service... She is also going to be in the foyer, and you can talk to her about what you can do, all right? Well, let's jump into the Word. Go ahead and pull your sermon notes out. I'm going to go through this really quick today. Thank you for everyone that is here, all of our new people. It's been a different kind of morning. But I am so glad that we get to have our part in what God is doing in the kingdom of heaven. Amen? I'm glad that we can be strategic partners with those that are saving people out of abortion. I'm glad that we can be a part of helping people uh, get clothes for adopted children. I'm glad that we can help Ruth Haven with Thanksgiving. But most importantly, I am glad that as the church of Jesus Christ, we can spread the gospel wherever we go. And for you that are new and you that has been here, you know we have been on a journey these last several weeks. In the middle of summer, God spoke to me and we changed the whole direction we started talking about this idea of revival and how do we bring an awakening into our church. Now, it's not that what we do brings the revival, but how many of y'all know we can get ourselves in place for God to send his revival upon us, amen? So we've been talking about what does it mean to be a spiritual person? Go ahead, go to my next slide. We have covered all these subjects in red. And we know that we're serving a real God. We know that we have to think differently as we live our faith. We know that we must be disciplined. We know that our life has been exchanged because of the cross. I'm not going to go through all those. But today, we're going to talk about something that I think it's easy for us to forget. How many of y'all know that in our walk with Jesus and becoming more like Him, how many know it's not going to be easy? How many of you know that we are at war 
in the spiritual. It's amazing to me, the more we get on focus on becoming more like Jesus, the more we are starting to see things happen, not only in our church, but in our world where Satan is attacking our families. We have a lot of things that are happening in our church, everybody. And I'm here as a minister of the gospel to tell you that Yes, we're blessed. I'm thankful for the sunshine. I'm thankful for the changing of the leaves. I'm thankful that in two weeks, Thanksgiving will be here. But we can't be distracted that we are at war with the enemy. Some of you are like, oh no, I didn't know I was going to come into this. Well, hang on. Today, we're going to talk about warfare spirituality. And I want you to understand there are three battles that we're all fighting every day. And it's right there on your screen. We're fighting against the standards and the values and the policies of this world. We're fighting not only against the world, but how many of y'all know that we all have flesh issues? Not me, Pastor Jason. Well, let me cut you off out here on the road on the way to lunch today. Or or, or let your waiter or waitress bring you the wrong food that you ordered. Uh Uh-oh, come on. We're at war, our flesh. But also we're at war with a real being called the devil. How many of y'all know we don't talk about him much anymore, do we? In Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to go here. I'm just going to read a couple verses. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, here's what the Bible says. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of your might. Be be strong in your understanding. Uh, Be strong in your finances. No, it says, be strong in his might. We have talked about all these last several Sundays about walking with Jesus and what that means, right? But then the Bible says, for something for us to do as followers of Christ, put on the what? The whole armor of God that you, you, everybody take your finger, make an in, point your pointer finger out, put it on your chest, What does he say? That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. That you will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Then he goes on and says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. What I'm wanting you to understand today is as followers of Jesus, as the body of Christ, we are at war with a real enemy that wants to destroy the church. He wants to destroy our homes. He wants to destroy everything that God wants us to be blessed with. He wants to destroy it out of our life. He wants your children to be destroyed. He wants your grandchildren to be destroyed. He wants Madison, Indiana to be destroyed. Not because of the value that it brings him, because he knows that if he can destroy us, he hurts the heart of God. And so the writer is saying, be strong, not in your might, but his might, and put on the whole armor of God that you will be able to stand. I think we have begun living in a world where we are placing blame on everyone else. And here's what I want you to understand. We are all responsible when it comes to our walk with God. There is no blaming anyone else. It don't matter what you're going through, what you're facing. You cannot blame what your dad did to you, your mom did to you. It's all about you and God, where you're standing with him. That's what God's calling today, is a responsible follower of Jesus that will take up the cross, that will take up the armor of God and fight the fight that's ahead of us. Let let me just say this before we jump into this. Listen, everybody, we're all going to have marital issues. Come on. 
How many perfect marriages do we have in this room? How many of y'all know we're all going to have boss issues? How many of y'all know we're all going to be offended at some time in our life? How many know that you're not always going to get what you want? Listen, everybody, it's what we do in those times that matters. We are living in a time of feeling, and we got to get away from our feelings, and we got to start standing on faith on what the Word of God says about us and what He tells us to do. Amen. And even though it don't go my way, I know God has full uh, control, and I know He's going to take care of it no matter what. Amen, somebody. So I want to talk about this Christian warfare. We are at war. So I want to break these down real quickly. The first one is, we all know that we are at war with the world. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17, the Bible says this, Do not love the world or the things, what? In the world. Half our issues is because we have made this world so much a priority that we have to think that we have to have what everyone in the world has. I mean, I tell you the worst thing that we have right now is this thing called social media. You know, some of us were scrolling all day, and I'm going to raise my hand and tell you that there's been times I'm scrolling through Facebook, and I realize I've been on it for an hour. Come on, am I the only one? And you sit there and you start looking at all these things and, oh, I wish I could have what that person has. Or, oh, I wish I could drive that car. Our teenagers, oh, man, I wish I could. And we don't realize that this is all just set up. It's all about getting the more names and numbers and they make their life so perfect. And if you could just step into the picture, you would realize this person is messed up. As a matter of fact, this morning, I, I saw in the news that this, this, this singer, Aaron Carter, who was this young singer, come up. He died today of a drug overdose. This guy was a celebrity, everybody. I want you to understand, this world has nothing to gain. And I want to encourage everyone in this room, stop looking at Facebook. As a matter of fact, we should just turn it off. We, we, we look at people's families and we think, oh, I wish my family could be like this. But you don't realize how many pictures I had to take just to get that perfect image at that moment. We're so consumed by the world standards. And our writer is saying, do not love the world or the things in the world. For the Bible says, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the desire of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life. It's not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God, what does it say in Scripture, everybody? It abides forever. I want you to understand, all these people on social media, guess what? They're going to get old. Come on, somebody. My chest used to be up here, now it's down here. But here's what I'll tell you, when I need it, I'll flex it back up, baby, come on. I mean, I have things growing on my ears. We, we, yesterday, we were out, and, and my, my daughter come up and says, hey, can I pick that? And she pulled a hair out of my forehead. I didn't know it was standing out there. And it hurt all the way to my toes. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to grow my eyebrows out and just comb my hair back if I ever get bald. But here's the deal. The world is passing away, everybody. I don't care how much plastic surgery or what you try to go after. It's going to fade. We are living in a broken, busted, corrupted world. And no matter how hard you try to keep it together and be perfect, guess what? It's passing away. The desires of the world is passing away. 
And my proclamation this morning is this. Stop looking at the things of the world. It's broken. We see it every day on the news. It's a broken world. It's corrupted. It's shattering. The Bible says that the earth is groaning out for the return of the Lord. We have all these worldviews. We have all these thoughts. And really, you can break it down. People just don't want to have God because if God is in their life, then they're going to be responsible to something. But here's what I will tell everyone in this room. Everyone in this room watching online, you have a worldview and it comes from somewhere. And I'm glad today that my worldview is from the capital T of truth, which is God in his word. Amen. And my uh, truth is not the lower T truths of this world, because listen, the truths of this world only get you in trouble. Listen, the truth of this world is so insane. They can't even tell the difference between a boy and a girl. Who wants that? Man, there's so much we can talk about here. But listen, we all have struggles. We all face marriage issues, boss issues, relational issues, spiritual issues, mental issues, issues, neighbor issues, co-worker issues. And I'll even say church people issues. We all face it. But the question is, are we going to allow the world to dictate how we are supposed to live spiritually as a follower of Christ? Listen, everybody, we are sons and daughters of Christ, and he has given us spiritual blessings. He has given us the armor of God. He has given us every necessary tool to not only win at this life, but to make this life of value and to do all we can to influence others with the gospel. The world is broken. The second enemy that we're all facing is the flesh. How many of y'all know the flesh is not always easy? How many of y'all know when you got to go work out, the flesh says no? How many of y'all know January, 21 days of prayer and fasting is coming for our church? How many's already dreading it? In Galatians 5, verse 19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurities, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and those things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not what? Inherit the kingdom. The writer here is breaking down these sins of our flesh, right? But then we read this verse last week because we talked about a spirit-filled spirituality. We need the Holy Spirit in our life. The Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. Wait a minute. Don't read on. How many of y'all know sometimes it's hard to love people that are not like you? And I think we have got this whole messed up that we think that loving is we keep our mouth shut. We take the back seat. We don't do anything. No, loving is that we get involved and we bring truth with grace. I, I read a, I'm reading a book called Breaking Intimidation. And we're going to talk about this. We might have this as a series next year. But so many people are intimidated just, just to get involved, to say what we need to say. And here's the thing. God did not call us to be a peace keeper he called us to be a peacemaker the peacekeeper allows everything to happen around him just as long as everybody's happy but a peacemaker steps in and makes people mad when they have to make people mad but it's with grace and truth amen everybody so you have the spirit of love joy peace patience how many loves that one come on somebody oh patience praise the lord 
Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Oh, there's that word self-control against such. There is no law. Listen, we are fighting the flesh. Go to, go to my next screen. I wanted to break this down real quickly. I'm glad that Lisa's here because really we, she's a strategic partner because she's fighting this part of sin, the sexual sin, immorality, impurity, sensuality. I mean, you have adultery there, all those kind of things. And here's what I want you to understand. God gave sex as a gift. It's a beautiful thing. The problem is, is the world has taken it and it's made it something that it's not. And thank God for life choices that will step in the gap and say there is hope. If you've been through this, there is hope. Then there's the superstitious religious sins. You know, the, the idolatry and the sorcery. The, you know, the things that we try to put in place of God, right? I'm just going to be open. Is that okay just to be open with everybody? You see, I heard this yesterday. We're great judges of other people's sins, but we're great lawyers of our own sin. Let me read that. Let me say that again. We are great judges of other people's sins, but we are great lawyers of our own sins. These superstitious sins, I'm just going to give you a few of them that I'm seeing in our community. We have a lot of people that are turning to this Viking spirituality. We call it Celtic religion. We have some people that have left our church because they're in this Celtic religion. And what this Celtic religion is, it's going back to the Vikings and Van Hala and all these kind of things. And they're saying that we believe in the, the, in the works of the gospel, but we don't believe in the church. Or we don't believe in the leadership of the church, the authority of the church. Now listen, I know the church has not been perfect. And I know that sometimes we need our own little bahookies kicked sometimes, all right? A bahookie is a bottom, okay? I just didn't want to... But the church has hurt a lot of people, and I know it, and I'm sorry. And let me just tell you, if, if I've hurt anybody, I'm sorry. I'm just as human as everyone else. And guess what, people? I will say things that I'm preaching up here sometimes, and I let things come out of my mouth. I don't even know what I'm saying sometimes. I know that's scary, but anyways. But not only do we have this Celtic religion, but now I'm hearing of this new movement called the New Apostolic Reformation that's really starting to grow. I'm still trying to dig down into all this kind of stuff. But here's what I want you to know. I I called our Assembly of God, and they're against what these beliefs are. Not only that, my truth is God's truth. And if we're going to know how to live in this world, we have to understand it's not about me, it's about Him. Now, we talked about this last week with a spirit-filled uh, spirituality because how many of y'all know we need the Holy Spirit to baptize us with power? Come on, somebody. But the power and the anointing is not the only thing we should be going after. What we should really be going after is to know Him better and to become more like Jesus. People will drive hundreds of miles to go to miracle services and anointing services and and whatever services to go get a feeling, but yet they hold unforgiveness and bitterness and anger in their hearts. Here's, as your pastor, as an Assembly of God church, here's my stance. It's not about the expression, it's about the transformation that takes place in you. You can get up here and speak in the greatest of tongues, But then Monday through Saturday, cut your neighbor down and be mean and act like a crazy person. How many of y'all know that's not of God? Because Jesus says in the last days, people are going to come before me and say, Lord, we cast out demons in your name. Lord, we did this in your name. And what is Jesus going to say? Depart from me. I never knew you. Even the donkey with Balaam spoke 
Does that make the donkey a supernatural spiritual person? No, he did what the Lord told him to do. Even the rooster crowed three times. Are you, are you following me this morning? It's about knowing Jesus better. It's about becoming more like him in our walk, in our talk, in our thinking. Listen, I told you I was only going to preach just a few moments. I'm almost done. Just hang with me. I know we've talked a lot this morning, but listen to me. I want you to be anointed. I want you to have the power of the Holy Spirit on your life. But more importantly, I want you to know Jesus. And that no matter what may happen in your life, when you're in conflict, when you're in rough situations, you're able to keep your eyes upon Christ. You're able to do what the Lord tells you in those moments when you need to follow him the most. There's also the social sins, enmity, strife, outburst of anger, dissension. How many, we are, we are seeing so much division in our world today. You know, the, the, the pandemic, COVID, has really created a lot, of pan, a lot of division, not only in the world, but in our churches. You don't understand, pastor, we need to go out here and hang the don't tread on me flag. Our pastor, we're not doing enough. We need to wear a mask and all these things. And you see all these things. Here's what you need to do. You're responsible. Do what you think you need to do. But there's so much division. There's so much going on that it's hard for us to unify. And that's what we're here for. I want to unify not only with the churches in Madison, Indiana, but I want to unify with the churches across the world so that we can spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to those. We just heard this week that there are 42 people groups. Am I right, Pastor Cody, that has not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ? Was it 40? What was it? Was it much more than that? Anyways, there was like, oh, no, it was 42%. That's what it was. 42% of the world still has not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm sitting there. What are we doing? God did not call us just to sit in these chairs. He's called us to send the gospel to the uttermost parts of the world. Can you imagine walking down a road where no one knows the name of Jesus? And that's why, without excuses, without apology, we're going to continue to give to our faith promises so that the mission of the gospel of Jesus Christ can be preached. Then you have the envying, the drunkenness, the carousing, and we're not going to jump into all those. But basically, here's what sin does. Go to my next picture. It brings death and it chains a person to those things. As a church, we've got to stand. Let me go to my last point here. The third front that we're fighting against. Really where all this is coming from. There's a real enemy called the devil. Y'all understand that. His name is Satan. He used to be called Lucifer. He used to be at the feet of Jesus, worshiping him as one as the archangels. But because of his envying of God, he wanted all the things of God, and God kicked him out. Kicked him out. And now we fight against this devil, this real being who wants to destroy us, who wants to hurt us, who wants to destroy families, who's even destroying families right now in our own presence, who wants to hurt people, who wants to kill people. Why? Because he wants the name of Jesus to be stopped. He wants God to hurt. In 1 Peter 5 verse 8, it says, be sober minded, be what? watchful your adversary the devil he prowls around like a roaring lion and what is he doing everybody he's seeking someone to devour 
And for you, we've talked about this many times in this room. You all watch those documentaries where they show you the gazelles running through the fields, right? Who does the lion go after? He goes after the injured. He goes after the one that can't run very fast. And that's why in this room and watching online, you can't do life in isolation. You need people around you. You need a spiritual family. And that's what makes the church so important because we help one another. And here's what I'm, here's my challenge to this whole room. If you know someone you haven't seen in a while, if you know someone that's been isolated, let's go after them. Amen. He says, be sober, be minded, be watchful. I remember one time we were at the zoo and one of the lions was, was roaring real loud and you could hear him across the, the zoo. And the zookeeper said that the one that roars the loudest is really the wimpiest. And that just opened my eyes when it comes to the scriptures. Because what does it say? The Lord, the roaring lion is seeking who he can devour. Listen, everybody. Satan has been defeated. The devil has been defeated. His teeth has been knocked out. And as my dad used to say, the only thing he can do is gum us. In John 10, 10, the Bible says the thief comes only to what? Still kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I came that they may have life and not only just life, but to have it abundantly. So if you're a father, a, fo- a follower of Jesus, you have the abundant life of Christ operating within you. So what do we do? I want to show you this picture. Go to my next picture. Look what God's doing there. He's throwing the lion down. The lion has been defeated, everybody. So here's what I'm going to ask. We're coming to the end of this, this series, and I'm going to ask everyone that will, next Sunday, I want to call it to prayer. I want you, if you would, be willing to come in for 30 minutes from 9 a.m. to 9.30. I'm going to invite you to come in. And we're going to start praying for our church because we have a lot of things that are going on that you don't know about. We have a lot of people that are hurting that you don't know about. And I say enough is enough, everybody. Enough is enough of allowing the enemy to push us around when his power has been taken away. And I want to stand upon the word of God because in my next picture, go ahead to the next one. God has given us the armor of God. And one of those pieces of armor is our, our swords, which is the word of God. And this is why I believe this is, this is my heart as a pastor. You have to become deeply rooted in this. If you become deeply rooted in the word of God, not to be a Pharisee or a Sadducee, but to be a person that will take the word of God and bring change wherever you go, I want you to know we can turn the world around until Jesus comes back. But let me, let me just burst your bubble. We're not going to be here forever. Y'all know that. God's never called us to establish his kingdom as a kingdom on this earth. Now, we, we, we control the chaos until he comes back, okay? But my Bible says, according to the word, the capital T truth, this world is going to be destroyed because of sin. And God is creating a new heavens and a new earth. And I'm so thankful when what God does, it's not polluted by the sin and the enemy. But until he comes back, we are the enforcers on this world. I love what Cody said the other day. We are the referees on the, in the game. We throw the flags. What, Satan? That's a yellow flag. That's a 10-yard penalty. Get out of here. Some of you need to start going to your home where your kids are running from the Lord and start throwing some penalty flags. Not in my house. Come on, somebody. Some of you need to throw the red challenge flag. What is the red challenge flag? You go to the word and see what the word says, the rule book. It got quiet in here. Is everybody okay? Man, we have all this stuff. Let's get back to the word. 
The Bible says, be watching and waiting. Jesus is coming back. We don't know the time. And listen, when someone comes out here and says that Jesus is coming back on September 16th, whatever, whatever, you can say, up, oh, you're wrong. Because no man knows when Jesus is coming back. Now, we can see the signs of the time. We know that the Bible tells us that there will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be pestilence and disease. We see that happen all around us. We know what the Bible says. We start getting the feel of what's happening. But here's our promise. Until Jesus comes back, we have been endued with power from on high to bring life-changing transformation to this earth. And what is, what is, what are we called to do? Not only to become like Jesus, but to spread the gospel and make the gospel known especially to the 42% of the population that has not heard of Jesus yet. Is everybody good this morning? I want to ask you to stand to your feet just for a few moments here. I know there are some in this room, you're fighting the battle right now. But God has given you the promise. He's given you prayer. He's given you the word. He's given you his armor. He has given you every necessary tool to win. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to begin to pray right now and start throwing the, the penalty flags. If you're a follower of Jesus and that you know him, it's time to start claiming the word of God. So I'm going to invite everyone to just begin to pray. Lord, I pray that you would search this auditorium, not only in this auditorium, God, but Lord, I pray for those watching online. And God, we say enough is enough. We are, we are done with the enemy trying to break our families. We are done with the enemy trying to tear our church down. We are done, Father, with the enemy of doing his things. But God, we don't fight in our might. We fight in your might. For the scripture teaches us that we must put on the full armor of God. We must fight within your power, Lord. And so I pray for your people right now that your power would come over them, God. Those that are going through the struggles with their family, I pray right now that you would give them clarity and wisdom of your word, that they will speak truth, Father, that they will see you, Father, that they will hold on to your hand, Father, for you never change. God, I pray for restoration. I pray for healing of our, our families and our relationships, Father. I pray for our country. Can someone pray with me? I pray for our country, God, as people go to the voting booths, Father, that we will vote truth, Father. I pray for our organizations in Madison, Indiana, that who are standing on the, the, the front lines, Father. I pray for power over them. I pray that you'll provide for their need, Father. Lord, we need you so much, God. I ask you, Lord, to fill us with your Holy Spirit. I ask you, Lord, to give us the skill sets and the abilities that we need as we go to our job tomorrow morning, Father. I pray for our people of this church, God. Lord, I pray right now in the name that's above every name that you would surround your people, those that are praying for lost children, those that are praying for our lost loved ones. I pray that they would just begin to believe and to trust your word, especially as we come upon Thanksgiving and we're going to be around our lost families, Father. Lord, I pray for our people right now. Lord, you know every need that is in this room, God. I pray that you would speak. And Lord, I'm even going to go here. Lord, anybody in this room, Father, that wants to cause disunity, anyone in this room or watching online that wants to cause disunity, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will lift up a standard and that you would speak to them and open their eyes and show them, God, their ways. Lord, unify us as a church. Come on, can we pray for unity in this room? Unify us, God. Lord, I will be the first to say, I'm sorry, God, when I failed to speak up when I should have. Lord, forgive me, Father, Lord, when I put my eyes on the things I shouldn't have. Lord, I want my eyes upon you. I want revival to take place, not only in my own life, but in every family in this room, God. We need you, Father. Forgive us. Forgive us, Father. 
Lord, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you. Lord, if there's anyone in this room that don't know you, may this be the day that they call upon the name of Jesus that they will be saved. All they have to do is open their mouth and say, Lord, save me, forgive me of my sins. And you'll come in in their hearts, Father. But Lord, I pray for Madison Assembly of God that we will be a church where the fire is burning, that we'll be a church that will help those in this community. Bless everyone in this room. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, amen. Last Sunday, we heard a word from the Lord. Cammie got up here and talked about how the enemy got into her mind and was telling her that she's not value. And I want to just encourage you, if you're in this room and the enemy's trying to tell you you have no value, I want you to know in the name of Jesus, the Lord rebukes those thoughts right now. We pray for you. We're here. We love you, Lord. Can we just take a few more seconds? I'm sorry, but can we just lift our hands and worship? We worship you, Jesus. Thank you that you've given us the answer. You've given us everything we need. I praise you, Lord. I worship you. I glorify your name, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, come on, can you give your neighbor a high five? And I'm going to ask you to be seated just for a few more moments here. I'm going to invite my wife to come up here. I want to celebrate one more thing before we go. Many of you guys know that uh, not only did we help out Life Choices, but you guys gave in your offerings so that we can do a great outreach to our community. And so, Amy, when you come up here, can you kind of give them the numbers of what happened, and then you can do the rest, all right? Awesome, awesome. What an amazing, amazing word of God today. Um, But I get to do some of the fun and some of the celebration. And so I do want to just say from our hearts, thank you so much for being such a generous church, not only in your finances, but in giving of your time and serving and just all the ways that you give back to God with your lives. Um, You're going to see on the screen behind me the video that um, we put together. It's kind of a recap of our Trunk or Treat event. We had right at 500 people in our building. We served 275 kids with a safe and dry place to do their trick-or-treating. I just want to touch on that real quick. Um, trunk or treat obviously is normally in the parking lot with your trunks, and we had to make an adjustment because of the weather. Um, and I just thank God because of your generosity, we have the facility that we were able to take that event and move it inside. We didn't have to cancel for the night. We were able to still go ahead with it. The flexibility of all of you to move from trunks to tables. Some of that made some adjustments and some things like that. But that is just amazing on your part that you're willing to just adjust like that and be free. Um, as it goes. I'm distracted by the video. I'm sure you are too. (laughs) It was an amazing, amazing event. We're super excited. We're super excited for all of you. Anybody that had any part in the trunk retreat, whether you gave candy or you were here the day of and served, or you put together a um, trunk that turned into a table or any of those things, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right now. We want to give it up for you. You were the ones that made this event happen. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being a generous church. We're going to finish the video, and on the other side of the video, I'm going to give out some um, gift cards to some winners, all right?
Awesome. Once again, thank you so much for all of you that were a part of putting that on. We're going to give out some prizes. The first thing we did is we um, asked everyone just to put a ticket in for a raffle drawing. And so we're going to draw out two names and give away two $50 Walmart gift cards. And those are just a way of saying thank you for coming and supporting and being a part of our event. And so we're going to draw two tickets out for that. And our first one goes to, here's what we're going to do. If I call your name, you may or may not be here. So if I call your name and you are here, you're going to stop by the Welcome Center on your way out and pick up your gift card. If you're not here, we will get in contact with you and make sure that you get that. All right. Our first winner goes to Kayla and Walter Hubert. Our second raffle prize drawing goes to Taylor Thompson. All right, those will be out at the Welcome Center for you. If you're here, you can stop by and pick those up. The fun thing that we get to do is our trunks. We ask you guys to get involved and decorate a trunk, and we pick a theme. This year, our theme was superheroes, and so um, we do two different things. We have a set of judges. This year, we had six secret judges who went around the room and checked it all out and talked to some of you and saw what you were doing, and they put together a winner that's for the best decorated trunk based on the theme, based on what was put into it all of those kind of things. And then the second one we do is we have everybody who's at the event take a ticket and vote for the one that was their favorite trunk, the one that they liked the best as they went by. And so I'm going to do some honorable mentions because we had some trunks that were really well decorated today, or not today, last Monday, that were really well decorated, that were put together, that didn't get the top prizes, but I think they should be recognized. So one of them was a Spider-Man theme, and that goes to the Pettit family. I think we're going to see their trunks up here. There we go. Another honorable mention that was a fabulous one that was put together, very well planned out, very involving the entire family, was a Scooby-Doo one that was put together by the Holly family. And then for our winners, our gift cards go to our best decorated trunk, the one that our judges decided looked the best, had the best theme and the best um, energy put into it, goes to Mr. Groot, the Mays family. Their little Groot guy even got up and danced if you put your um, camera on him and stuff. He was pretty cute. And then our most popular one, Creativity Wins. Every time for this one, had some silly strings shooting out of eyeballs and some fun stuff like that. And that goes to the Gamble family for the Incredibles. All right. So as you leave today, lots to do, things in the um, foyer to stop by and sign up for. Make sure you're involved in your part of. Trunk or Treat, October 31st every year. Mark your calendars. Come and be a part next year. If you want a gift card, those will be at the Welcome Center for you as you leave today. You are dismissed.